Welcome to Smart Habits for Translators, a podcast for translators by translators, bringing you simple strategies to build better habits. In each episode, we'll focus on specific habits for translators in various stages of their careers. If you're a translator who enjoys learning about habits to improve your business and lifestyle, then this is the podcast for you. We're your hosts, Madalena Sanchez-Zampalo and Veronica Demichelis. Like you, we are professional freelance translators trying to balance the challenges that come with building a career and maintaining clarity and boundaries between work and personal life. We hope you'll join us in this conversation about smart habits and discover some simple strategies you can apply today to help you build your career and achieve the lifestyle you desire. Welcome to Smart Habits for Translators. This is episode 44, and today we thought we'd share a conversation about smart habits for diversifying your freelance business. But before we dive into today's episode, let's share what's new with us. So for me, uh, not much uh, is happening now that it's... uh, you know, the summer, (laughs) which I'm really excited Mm -hmm. about. Uh, I'm not hating having, uh, you know, a few things on my schedule because the kids are home. Uh, My four-year-old still has preschool, but um, he's not going in every day um, so that we have time to um, do some fun things together. And my Mm -hmm. um, now almost third grader, it's scary to say that, (laughs) but she finished second Mm -hmm. grade and she's now off to third grade in the fall. Uh, she is doing some summer camps and staying home in between. I am not teaching uh, this summer, which is great too. Um, I'm really excited about the spring semester that we just finished at um, Houston Community College. Um, and I really enjoyed the group of students that I had in my localization class there. So now I'm just uh, mentally planning and thinking of you know what content to add to the course in the next semester and just looking forward to a quiet summer here before a busy fall. And uh, we're finally thinking about travel making some specific travel plans. We're going to uh, Moscow this summer to visit my family. Um, I was mm-hmm. thinking about um, a trip to the Oregon coast, perhaps. Cool. Um, and yeah, so really chill and easy summer, I hope. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> I was thinking as you're talking, it sounds a lot different than last summer, huh? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, let's see. I've been really busy with client work lately, both my translation clients and my copywriting clients, doing a lot of fun new projects. So my daughter doesn't get out of school as early as your kids do, because in at least, mm-hmm. I don't know, for whatever reason, on the West Coast in the United States, we um, get out later with schools. We start later, too. So she's going to be finished around um, mid-June. And mm-hmm. so luckily, I still have a couple more weeks, at least, while she's still in school that I can... Um, work in a fairly uninterrupted fashion. <laughs> and then she'll be off for a couple of weeks. Um, and then she'll do a little, uh, like a summer school type thing with in just in the mornings with her new teacher for next year, which we're excited about. And it's only a month long. So she'll be excited to do that. Um, and she's got one summer camp coming up as well. Uh, we don't have a lot of personal travel planned yet, but we are planning to take some road trips. So I'm excited for that. And oh, that sounds great. Yeah. And then as far as other things, let's see. Uh, Oh, I just reopened my TNI website blueprint course. Um, Oh, yay. Yeah, but but it's different this time. It's um, I usually open it and close it, right? And I just have like... Mm -hmm. um, like a cohort of students for like six weeks, and then they have six months of access. But this time, I've decided I'm going to leave it open permanently. So like anytime somebody wants to join it, they can any time of year. 
So that's a, that's amazing. Yeah, it's a brand new thing. I wanted that's one of the reasons I re, um, revamped my website this past year for my blog and my um, training courses and stuff like that, so that people could access it whenever they want to. Um, it's sort of like a membership style mm-hmm. thing where they have a login and everything, and they get access to the course for six months, no matter when they start. So awesome. yeah, I'm excited for that, and I'm adding some new courses too coming up. Um, one on LinkedIn. Um, that people have been asking me for and um, some new webinars coming up soon too. So a lot of things going on. I'm really enjoying my um, client work, which got very busy in May. I don't know if other people felt that too or not, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I was very busy um, for the past month working on a lot of different things. And yeah, I'm looking forward to the summer. Um, I need to schedule some time off now that none of us have taken any time off for over a year. I think it's high time we do that. Um, so I'm looking forward to that too. Oh, that's wonderful. All right. So now let's move um, to the topic for this episode, diversifying your translation or interpreting business. So while it's definitely important to master your craft and hone your skills and really uh, work towards being an expert in a specific field, we also think that offering more than one type of service or working with various types of clients can really safeguard your business. Um, After all, you never know when things might shift um, that you weren't expecting. I think we all experienced that or many of us experienced that uh, throughout our career and definitely last year. Or maybe um, Mm -hmm. your circumstances change or, you know, you become passionate about something else and you decide that you no longer want to work in a certain area of your business and you're ready for a change. And that can be scary, too. Um, There are so many reasons to diversify your business, and today we want to share some ways to do that, along with some smart habits that you might want to try to implement too. Yeah, I feel like this topic got to be um, something that people talked about more this past year than ever before that I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you've known me for any amount of time, you know that I've been beating the diversification drum for quite a while. Yes. (laughs) Um, And it's interesting because uh, I think that people... People sometimes are excited to diversify, but they don't know where to start. So they kind of put it off for a while. At least that's what I did. Um, And then like, it's an exciting change, right? But also um, it doesn't become urgent until something maybe happens. And I think a lot of people felt that something happened when the pandemic hit and maybe their business took a hit or suddenly like if they were interpreters, they couldn't interpret in person anymore and had to quickly Mm -hmm. um, shuffle things around to maybe interpret remotely or do other things, whatever. Uh, So yeah, I think it's a wonderful idea to diversify, but not just because maybe because we have to, but because it's just good business sense. And I also think it's good to remember that you can diversify your business in several ways. So for example, you can diversify the types of clients you work for. You can diversify the services you offer. Um, you can have different specializations and you know you can find different ways of, of making an income. Um, so in my own business, I've diversified in several ways. Um, so I have a boutique translation agency, which I've had now for uh, like 11 years. Um, and that's one arm of my business. It's not my whole business. Um, I've continued to be a freelancer as a freelancer um, for even longer. And I've, I've kept that going. I work in two languages. I work from Spanish and Portuguese to English. And I work 
in medicine and life sciences mainly, but I also have customers that I do work for in um, like business communications, marketing, things like that. And recently Mm -hmm. I took a course uh, through training for translators about uh, translating for the international development sector. Uh, Yeah, I've loved that course, by the way. Um, If it ever comes up again, I highly recommend it. And I feel like that one gave me ideas of ways to diversify that weren't like, let's say, a complete difference from what I already do in the sense that there's a lot of work for um, translators in international development whose areas of specialization are like health and healthcare and medicine. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, this isn't that that far off, you know, completely Mm -hmm. different, like medicine and marketing, for example, but in this sense, it's not. And that gave me additional ideas of where I could look at finding clients. And so like diversifying that way, um, something I'm looking into now that I've taken the course, and it's been um, a very interesting thing to uh, learn about. And then um, also, as I talk about a lot here, I do um, training, like uh, teaching courses, giving webinars, Mm Uh, let's see, I, I blog, even though I do that for free, it's still a diversification um, area of my business, it's a diverse area of my business. So that's something that I do for colleagues. Um, and oh, I'm, I do copywriting as well. So but yes. yeah, so also in the field of medicine and, and health and wellness. So it's very much mm-hmm. like, related in the sense of where my knowledge, and my background are, you know, come from. But um mm-hmm. I took skills that I I had, for example, like I used to teach. I taught for years and years at the university level. And um, I still get to teach, but I just don't teach, you know, um, entry-level language courses anymore. Um, At universities, I I get to teach uh, other things that I enjoy and meet a lot of colleagues in the process. So that part's been very fulfilling for me. Um, And I just, I like to have a lot of different things going on. So that's something that has been helpful for me to stay excited about different things and know that not every day is the same. Um, But it's also been very helpful for my business because when one thing might be slower, another thing might pick up. Exactly. Yeah. What about you? Do you think it's important to look at diversification from like a variety of perspectives? Yes, absolutely. It's such a helpful um, idea mm-hmm. because um, I noticed like you, you know, and you, you're you right, you've been talking about it for for a long time. I've heard you speak about the importance of diversification way before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But I also felt that there was, I don't want to say less willingness, but kind of people weren't totally, not everyone was open to the idea mm-hmm. or maybe not, you know, not without some hesitation or... Um, some second thoughts. Um, but last year, definitely, I've heard everyone talk about um, ways to diversify. And even at some virtual events this year, I've heard colleagues speak about how they diversified or diversified or changed mm-hmm. their businesses last year yeah. um, because of the pandemic. So uh, definitely, it's, it's very important. And it's something many people don't think about. Um, and I definitely didn't think about it when I I first started out as a freelancer, and um, it was eye-opening to me when I first heard it that there are different approaches to diversification, Mm -hmm. and um, I've since uh, realized that it's important to have a few different pillars or branches or arms for your Mm -hmm. business and not put all the eggs in one basket. In my business, I diversify in different ways. I work with different types of clients. I work with both um, agencies, small and large, and direct Mm -hmm. clients. Um, both individuals and 
companies, so working directly with uh, corporate clients. Um, I offer different types of services, localization, linguistic quality assurance, translation, editing, transcreation, some copywriting, something I want to um, do more mm -hmm. of. Um, I have different specializations, um, localizing websites, software and apps, marketing and communications, human resources, social responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I also work on some, I kind of want to put them in um, community outreach, you know, <laughs> buckets, yeah. meaning Russian speaking communities in the United States and various types of outreach uh, materials and information going out to them on legal topics, health related topics. So they're not like very in-depth mm. legal or medicine related but they are they are in a sense assisting helping these communities that don't speak english mm -hmm. or speak very little english to understand various community services and benefits available to them oh that's so helpful i also have different streams of income mm -hmm. one stream is coming out of my language services and then i offer some consulting services and i also teach um, at the local college so for me that's an extra um assurance that even if you know uh, my language service related income is is lowered one month then I still have the teaching and the consulting and so it, it it's definitely mm -hmm. helpful to have a variety of branches <laughs> in my business tree yeah definitely <laughs> and of course uh, it's not something I'm doing but I know you do that and many other people do that you can also think about active and passive streams of income mm -hmm. so um, income you're actively working <laughs> towards and then other products and services that are just there and you promote them and you you know you make them better with time but they're out there for people to purchase and they serve as, an, as a passive stream of income for you mm -hmm. um, and I also think it's important it's not diversifying your services but it's related in a sense um, it's important to think about diversifying your strategy or your approach to um, getting jobs and getting income. Mm -hmm. um, and that goes into the marketing territory. But I think many people um, kind of stick to one or two strategies that they are used to what the, or that they've always done. Um, but it's helpful to think about your marketing efforts in terms of, you know, diversifying them as well, because that helps, obviously, your income. Yeah, I think that a combination of the above, you know, working with various clients, working with various um, types of services, um, doing uh, working in different specializations are um, definitely things that assure you, make you feel more comfortable about the future, mm -hmm. um, make you feel more confident that you will stay productively busy and earn money, um, even if one um, stream of your business um, goes down temporarily or disappears altogether. That has happened too in the past mm -hmm. um, and last year too with uh, with some of our colleagues for sure. But it can be hard to know how to diversify sometimes, especially if you've never really considered it before or if you find that you're not quite sure how you'd like to diversify. Um, and in this case, it can be helpful to take an inventory of your past experiences, skills, and interests. Um, and that can be a very helpful start just to think through what, what is it that you enjoy or have done before. Mm -hmm. And um, I like to think of it as <laughs> what are some topics or skills or experiences that you have from various parts of your life that you can talk about for hours or you would like to write <laughs> about for hours or that you love researching um, and these can be experiences and skills that kind of even seem random or unrelated to the job you're 
um, focusing on, you know, whether you're a translator or interpreter, but um, there could be ways that in which they can serve you still in your career or inspire you to try something new and additional to what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, like with my experience, localization was something that I didn't start out offering right away. It's something I added to my portfolio of services later on. And um, it came from a client for who I was translating some human resources related materials. And they asked me if I would like to help them, as they call translate their software mm-hmm. or their app. And that's how I got started working with some colleagues who had more experience in this than, than I did at the time and just learning more about the topic. But my past experience working as a human resources manager and knowing a lot about the subject area, knowing uh, where to look for information and how to you know, find terminology that would be right for the target audience, that was really helpful to me. And it's not something I thought of right away, like, oh, <laughs> my experience in the corporate world would be helpful to me. Um, as a freelance translator. Mm -hmm. And then my personal interest in nutrition and fitness, uh, food sensitivities, allergies, like my son, he is four years old, Mm -hmm. but he has struggled with food allergies since he was born. And um, the topic of allergies, food sensitivities, picky eaters, (laughs) and and nutrition, especially for kids, it's a personal interest of mine. And I have been so excited to discover that that's something that I can um, also apply in my work as a translator. Um, and there have been some clients for who I translated uh, materials on this topic, and I found that I really enjoy that. So uh, kind of taking this uh, inventory or an audit of your experiences, interests, um, and such can be really helpful in identifying some uh, potential areas in which you can diversify. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah, you nailed it with saying, you know, look at what you're interested in, your skills, your past experience, because sometimes we think like, oh, you know, what I used to do in the past doesn't relate to translation, or how could I use that um, knowledge that I have or that I acquired, or that I paid money to get a degree in, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, for, for you know, my business. And some people don't see the connection, but really it's a bit there it's a bit of a creative process right. taking this inventory and, and doing an audit and also i think not just looking at these things knowing you know okay now that i know what i've got to offer or um, maybe not offer but now that i know what i've got in my repertoire for example what can i do to turn this into some kind of an offer uh, for clients like what skill would this relate to? Or do I even want to use this past experience and interest of mine? Because Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, we've done things in our lives that we um, have experiences from that we don't really want to keep doing anymore. Mm -hmm. Like for me, it was, I didn't want to teach at the university anymore. It just wasn't for me. Um, I was much happier teaching on other topics uh, that are related to my profession rather than Mm -hmm. teaching... um, you know, language courses, uh, which is, you know, a skill that served me at the time, but I, I don't do it anymore. Um, but that said, even that skill has helped me not only because of the, you know, what I, the way I diversified my business, um, with training and teaching and such, but also, um, I have, I've worked like you did, uh, or you do, I've worked on, um, language learning apps, so helping to develop the content for people who use apps to learn languages, 
especially the uh, some of the ones that are uh, mm-hmm. offered through American um, libraries here in the United States. We have a lot of library systems that offer some of these apps for free to schools and you know to public libraries and such. And so I helped to develop um, um, the Portuguese language modules through this app, a particular app um, that's pretty well known. And so that was interesting and that was fun. And I was able to use my teaching background to know sort of a, mm. a process for learning that would make sense to somebody who's never tried to learn Portuguese before. So yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And, and I do think it's important to not only see from your past experiences and interests and skills, but to see like mm. what excites you what lights you up um you know i i taught a copywriting course recently and it's fascinating to learn from colleagues like what they're interested in that is maybe unrelated to the type of work they do right now like one of them was um about holistic um uh health and wellness uh she really wanted to write in that area for clients and i was like well there's good work there, you know, go for it. Um, And I think Mm -hmm. she was doing French and and, uh, it was just a really interesting thing to see from different people's perspectives, what their interests were. And some of them were from life experiences, which I thought was really fascinating. Like you said about the food allergies and your child, that connection that you made that, you know, is an interest that you had. So, but what about, you know, like diversifying when circumstances change in your business? So for me, I know that this happened to me and I've talked about that many times here on the podcast. And just to give a little bit of background for anybody who may not have heard that yet, um, I did learn to diversify my business several years ago uh, when I had uh, let go of a client that was uh, sending me like a high volume of work, but it was just taking up a lot of my time. It was low paying, but high volume. Um, I'd been working with them for several years and I just didn't see any way to raise my rates. I wasn't happy with the situation anymore. And then another client of mine at the same time who I was very happy working with, they uh, were sold to another company and then there was a spending freeze. (laughs) So it happened at the same time, totally couldn't have seen the second thing coming. And then my business took a huge hit. And I learned very quickly that I needed to think about diversifying because I had other clients, of course, but those were two big clients. And so my income took a big hit. Um, It's also the same time that I um, had my daughter. So it was like all these things at once happening. And I realized I've got to change things on a lot of different levels to be able to to keep going at the rate that I want to go. And... um, it took some time, but it was a, a good move on my part. Um, that's not when I started doing my training and, and blog and all of that. That happened years later. Um, but I needed to look at my business from different perspectives and say, what kind of clients do I want to work with and in what areas and what other skills do I have? And so that's kind of how it started for me. But it was a similar thing. You know, when circumstances change, sometimes we're almost forced into this, right? And so I think a lot of people saw that saw that this past year, year and a half with, with the pandemic, um, that maybe their particular specialization mm-hmm. took a huge hit, like tourism, um, which now seems to be at least from our side of the pond. I don't know where anybody else is listening from, but it's almost booming again. Yeah. Like uh, airlines are saying that they're almost at pre-pandemic levels. I think I heard this last night on the news and I was shocked by that, but I thought it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. They have to rebuild. So these things tend to come in um, like not waves, but cycles. They, 
cycles exactly like it's a cycle almost so even if maybe you you work in a specialization that was hard hit by the pandemic that doesn't mean that you know a year from now five years from now whatever that it's not going to be booming at some point again it's just you know things happen things change so I think it is good to diversify because if there's ever a period of time an extended period I should say when things take a dive in one area you've got another area that you can either build up or you've got some background in something that helps you to change course. What are your thoughts about taking circumstances that are like beyond your control and using them to, as motivation to diversify? It's so much easier to um, come out of a difficult situation like this. I feel, I mean, it's not, I don't want to say it's easy. Of course, it's worrying and it's hard when um, your business um is, is going through mm-hmm. some difficult changes. But I feel like when you have this um, tool, you know, rather than complaining or worrying or just uh, being very anxious about what's going to happen and when things are going to get better, uh, knowing that you can use that energy, you can use that fear, and you can use that hunger to change things. Um, and start thinking mm. about potential new opportunities for your business mm. so that you come out of this situation stronger or potentially in the future don't find yourself in this situation again. I experienced um, something mm-hmm. similar but also in a, in a way different um, in the past where I had my very busy translation business and I was teaching several courses uh, for the local program um, where I teach now. And I just mm. felt like... I was burnt out. There were there were really fun, exciting, mm-hmm. uh, amazing things happening, but I felt kind of stuck. And there were um, big changes happening, you know, with with our kids. They were growing up. I, they needed my attention, and I just felt like I couldn't give that to them. And I felt like torn uh, between all the different responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so that situation of feeling burnt out made me take a difficult decision to take a break from my teaching responsibilities. And I was able to do that because I already Mm -hmm. had a kind of diverse business at that point. I was able to afford that, to take a step back, take a break from teaching um, without worrying too much about, you know, what's going to happen to my income. Um, But I still had my translation work and I had time to think of uh, finding new inspiration in other areas of, of the business that I was in and looking for new ways to get out of that rut <laughs> in a way. You know, what else could I be doing? Um, mm. What other areas could I look into? What other specializations or services? And that's how I um, had time and energy and motivation to learn more about the types of services and the subject fields that brought me brought back that passion and joy um, in my work for me. And that helped me rebuild my enthusiasm for teaching again, too, and, and you know, find that energy. And that break, uh, just the mental break was very welcome, too. So mm, <laughs> I think yeah. um, I, I would have I probably struggled more with that decision to step back and take a break from teaching um, if I didn't have, um, you know, another arm or leg Mm -hmm. (laughs) in my business to rely on for the time being. So that was my experience. Yeah, I think that's interesting. That's, That's a level of flexibility that diversification allows that I think a lot of us don't think about. That's really Mm -hmm. important that, I mean, it's a privilege to be able to think that you could take a step back to be able to still work and and take the time to be with your family, right? I mean, that's what we all work for ourselves Mm -hmm. for, (laughs) 
phrase to have a flexible flexible schedule exactly. and yeah i think yeah. that's awesome and you know you. um we often refer to the podcast the deliberate freelancer um in our episodes and i liked mm-hmm. The example that Melanie Paget Powers shared in one of the recent episodes where she talked about how she lost some business last year when the pandemic started, she lost some big clients and how she sent an email to all of her contacts saying that she had more availability and she was looking for work and she would appreciate referrals or recommendations. And um, she, you know, gained new clients and she gained uh, her income back Mm. (laughs) through through, um, just that effort. And as she was talking through it, you know, it was clear that it's not an easy thing to do, but it was an important one for her business. Mm-hmm. And it was rather than just complaining and, you know, just soaking in that problem, like, oh, I lost, I lost income, I lost the clients. And, you know, the world's about to end because we're in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. But um, she did something that was an actual step towards fixing the problem. And she did fix it eventually. So yeah. I think to me that, you know, that was a reminder that it's really important to be open and use your network. Um, be open about your situation, uh, speak up, ask for help, ask questions, be willing to learn new things, you know, yeah. through your colleagues, their experiences, just being open and saying, yeah, you know, I found myself in this mm-hmm. situation and I'm willing to learn something new or I'm willing to Um, accept referrals and recommendations and and do something different you know maybe that particular service that she she mentioned a few specific examples to you know on services that she in the past maybe did wasn't willing to do but she was willing to do them when her circumstances have changed and as she was trying to find um, other other areas of work and other clients yeah and and I think that that's really helpful to take that perspective because and I think she was open about it she did say that she gave herself some time to be upset about it and to say, you know, this is, this sucks. <laughs> like, this is not okay. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really important is to not think, oh, this happened to me. And, you know, there's no way out of this. Or now I have to, you know, close my business or something. I know some people choose to do that. And that's, you know, that's mm-hmm. their decision. Okay. But at the same time, like there, we have much more control than we realize. We have many possibilities open to us if we're willing to keep our eyes open and watch for them and actually take action. So I think it was great because she said, I I gave myself some time. I was upset about it. I sulked about it, I think you said, right? But then I did something about it. Mm. And I think that's the difference is that, you know, if you're willing to try new things, the possibilities can be endless. Right, exactly, yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to wait for, I mean, not that people wait for it on purpose, but you can be proactive and think about Mm -hmm. diversifying, um, you know, even in the the calm waters. Yeah. I mean, that's the ideal time. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) And as as I look back, I think my uh, permanent problem that I always uh, face in life is that I'm a very curious person Mm. and I usually suffer from wanting to do too many things. (laughs) I understand that. So that was something I felt was a challenge for me from the beginning that, you know, knowing I have to specialize, but also being like, oh, and I want to do this Mm -hmm. and I want to do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, what I did early on, I did allow myself that um, experimentation phase where I was like, you know, I'm going to try the different things and try the different subject areas and see what I enjoy. But I also realized that I have, by that point in time, invested 18 years of my life in... um, into a corporate career and I worked in 
um, several areas of, of business in a large company. And I was like, I got to use that yeah. experience. <laughs> and so that's how I, you know, stuck to it. I stuck to certain subject areas, but I was open to doing different kinds of work within mm-hmm. those subject areas. And that's how I discovered, um, you know, my, my door <laughs> to, to localization is through that uh, human resources translation uh, client oh. that I worked with. And just sharing with other clients and colleagues about what kind of work you do and uh, what kind of work you enjoy. And I remember when I started intentionally mentioning to my clients, even agent, agency clients, if they contacted me and they were like, hey, are you available for this project? If I intentionally mentioned like, oh, for the next four weeks, I'm busy with a localization project, but I can take care of yours by mm-hmm. such and such date. There were a few clients who responded to me that, oh, you offer localization? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that sparked mm-hmm. another project. So just being intentional about mentioning what you do and what you enjoy doing or what you are getting into can also pay off. Yeah, it can be a natural part of the conversation and it should be. So what about going forward? Do you think you'll continue to diversify your business? Do you have any specific plans? Oh, I love the topic of diversification. So I can't think of not diversifying my business. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I do think what I have tried to do is to focus with the different areas of my diverse business to make each of those areas very focused. So we talk a lot about specializing in our, in our work, right? Specializing in certain areas of practice and so on. Um, but I, even within my different, the different arms of my business, I do very specific type of work. So I think in that sense, I'll probably continue to do like specific niche areas or topics, but yes, I do want to continue to diversify my business. Um, some of that will be based on what happens in the TNI world going forward, right? I mean, right. we both have a lot of years ahead of us um, in this work. Mm-hmm. And then also, I like to always have the door open for new opportunities and things that interest me. Because like you said, I, I, I'm similar. I I'm interested in a lot of different things. In the near future, uh, one thing I'd like to do, and I don't know if this is considered diversifying my business because I'm not doing it for income. I mean, that's not why I'm doing it, but I'm working on a book right now. And if that works out (laughs) when it's finished, um, hopefully that will provide some kind of passive income in my business Mm -hmm. once it's done. But again, I'm not writing it for that purpose, but uh, that would be an interesting thing to see if that, you know, brings in a certain amount of income to consider that a diverse part of my business. Yeah, I'm open to it. I don't have any like specific plans right now other than that, but maybe in the international development sector. I'm very interested in that now because I know that there's quite a bit of work um, in Portuguese and Spanish speaking countries, especially in the areas that I work in. So who knows? Absolutely. What about you? Yeah, it's something that's always on my radar. I'm not taking any specific, you know, steps right now. I'm also mm-hmm. trying to be very careful with, with my time since my kids, like <laughs> like your child, is, um, are still pretty young. I feel like mm-hmm. it will be easier as they grow older. It's already getting much easier with my eight-year-old, <laughs> but my four-year-old is still <laughs> a handful. And so I feel like I need to save some of my energy for the unexpected things that always happen. Uh, when you have mm-hmm. little kids, but yes, I think it's um, it's definitely a smart thing to keep doing. And also, um, with our family in particular, we, um, my husband and I, live here in the United States for now, and that's what we plan to do in the in the in the near future. You know, or short term and medium term. But long term, mm-hmm. it is possible that we will come back to Europe 
at some point because you know especially as, as our parents grow older we'll want to be closer to them so I want to have mm. several uh, branches in my business um, that will serve me no matter where I am located geographically you know mm -hmm. if I mm -hmm. can't teach uh, in person in another country I want to have other opportunities you know for things to do that um, I have grown intentionally <laughs> through time so yeah. that's that's another factor for me the fact that we might move sometime in the future so I, I do want to keep that in mind and think about um, the need for diversifying in that respect as well for for mm. me and my so family but um, I definitely have as, as I mentioned I usually suffer from wanting to do too much and too many <laughs> different things and so I keep a running list of ideas as I get an idea for oh I could you know add that to my diversification you know potentially diversifying into a, a different field or adding a new um, service or um, a new idea in that respect. So I have a running list of things. And as I notice thinking about certain things more or my clients asking mm -hmm. for them, um, I just put a little check mark <laughs> next to them. And as, as I see that number growing, I'm like, oh, maybe I should prioritize that idea mm -hmm. over some others. Because there's definitely things in, in my past experiences and skills that I could um, utilize more that I'm currently maybe not utilizing. I've had clients ask me for help with resume writing, which I did quite a lot when I was um, working in HR and also being on that side of the table evaluating <laughs> resumes. So I've helped some clients uh, do that, especially when they feel like, you know, they moved from another country, they're not used to, or maybe they haven't had to look for work for a long time. And then uh, with my experience editing our podcast, we've talked about that before. I'm like, maybe I should consider yeah. that too. You know, audio editing or podcast yeah. editing. I love localization. So potentially localization project management could oh, be cool. something I could think about in the future mm -hmm. for clients. And I've had clients, there are clients asking me if I could, you know, help them find, um, as I do the Russian part, if I could help them find uh, people working with other languages mm -hmm. for localization. So that's that's a possibility too. And I feel like we need to mention some smart habits for yeah. diversifying. I think for me, networking is a number one uh, from several perspectives, both um, spreading the word of, you know, about the things that you do and you enjoy doing, because there are certain things that maybe I enjoy doing and other people don't. And they'll be like, oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll just ask you to do that in the future. You know, I, I know colleagues like that who are like wizards with PDF mm -hmm. documents or they love working with Excel and PowerPoint. Oh, I belong to oh, that camp. Oh. All right, I'll send you those things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, I also have heard of co colleagues who love aligning yeah. documents and intrados, and there are people yeah. who hate that, and they would pay good money for someone mm -hmm. else to do that for them. So belonging to a community and... Um, learning from others and spreading the word about what you do, uh, being very curious about your colleagues' journey, how they got there, what works for mm -hmm. them, what doesn't. So networking is really important, I think. Um, and that's where being a member of professional associations um, is, is a mm -hmm. must. And um, staying informed of various professional development opportunities and being curious and open-minded about learning new things. Like you mentioned, international mm -hmm. development, you know, I think it's so healthy and, and great <laughs> to not always go to the obvious events for you. Like, you know, I, uh, I wouldn't go maybe 
to an event that has to do with another language that I don't work <laughs> in, but another service area or another specialization to learn something new. Um, you yes. might like it. <laughs> um, maybe it resonates with you. Um, so I think for me, these would be the, the top two. What about you? What smart habits can you recommend when it comes to diversifying? Yeah, I mean, you named a lot of them, but I was thinking um, also along the lines of continued learning. Mm -hmm. I mean, most of us will say that we love to learn so uh, and research. And I think it's important to make a habit of each, if you can, each week. And I think we all can. It's whether or not we do. Um, make a habit of each week taking some time, maybe one hour a week, to do something for your professional development, whether that's uh, a webinar on a new topic that might be related to something you're thinking about doing, um, or signing mm -hmm. up for a course for one month, like that's what I did with the international development thing. And it wasn't the best timing for me, but I was so interested in it. And I was like, why am I waiting? I shouldn't wait. Let's just do it. You know, especially when yeah. you get the recordings. I mean, come on. <laughs> but it was something that I'm so happy now that I did it because it's been so fascinating for me. And I can actually see myself doing that kind of work because it's very similar to the yeah. work that I do. It's just for different purposes. So learning for sure, taking time to learn each week, even if it's just something business related, like some learning to do something in your business that you um, didn't know mm -hmm. how to do. I mean, one thing that I've heard some uh, colleagues who are diversifying do is they they enjoy social media. So they're starting to help their clients with their uh, multilingual social media accounts. I mean, that's a skill, yeah, you know, wow. it, so yeah, like all absolutely. of these types of things we can develop for ourselves, but we have to take the time to do it. And I think that's where the habit yeah. comes in. For me, it's usually Fridays tend to be the time or if I do have a pocket mm -hmm. of time during the week and, let, and I'll try to just take advantage of that time. Another habit that I think is really important is making sure that you are telling other people, like you said, what you're interested in. That kind of goes into the networking thing, but making a habit of doing it, not just keeping to yourself, um, because mm -hmm. you never know what the other person you're talking to might have to offer you as far as connections or as far as, oh, did you see that course or did you see this webinar? It's on that exact topic that you want to learn about or, mm -hmm. you know, various things. Exactly. Um, or I know so-and-so and they can tell you how they got into this specific, you know, specialization or area of business or something. Um, so I think that's important. And another thing that I think is a very important thing to do to make a habit of is something I've been working on. And for me, I think it's important to do daily is to take the time to think away from devices yeah and usually for me that means on a walk or a run outside something outside it's yes. really helpful to be outside and moving and thinking and not being distracted and I think that's a habit that we often don't take advantage of that is easily accessible <laughs> but mm -hmm. often underrated so I really try to keep that going and I think that's a habit worth developing and, and hanging on to. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. I think that's about all the time we have for today's episode. But before we wrap up um, this one, we wanted to share a new segment, which is a smart habit tip. In this segment, uh, we'll be sharing a tip related to a smart habit that we learned or that we were reminded of recently. And um, let's start with you, Veronica. What smart habit tip do you have to share? So I saw, I think Judy Jenner retweeted something recently and it just, it was perfect timing. It resonated so much with me. Mm. I don't remember who the original poster tweeter was, but um, they wrote, 
something along the lines, if you're overthinking something, write it down. And I was like, yes, <laughs> because oh. I actually did that several times in the past week. And that was so simple and something I have forgotten to do and haven't done for a long time. You know, when you're overthinking something, when you can't seem to make a decision, when you're overwhelmed or frustrated with something or just feel like you're stuck, um, mm -hmm. to just take pen and paper or pencil and paper and write things down, whether you just, you know, kind of doodle or you create a pros and cons <laughs> table or just mm -hmm. write things down as they go, like as they come to your mind. It's just incredible how much clearer things appear when you put pen on mm -hmm. paper. And I felt like the things I've been you know, walking around for days thinking about not knowing how to approach them or not knowing how to solve mm -hmm. them. When mm -hmm. I put pen on paper, the answer was so obvious and there was much less room for me to second guess myself about the decision. So oh. that was um, a tip that I have utilized much more before, <laughs> but somehow forgotten. And this tweet reminded me about it. What about you? How interesting. Wow. Yeah. So something I was reminded about recently, I was listening to a podcast. It's from the New York Times. We should link to this in the show notes. It's from the New York Times and it's called The Daily. Mm -hmm. I love this podcast. Yes, me too. And the topic was about the the rising prices of various things, I'm sure all over the world, but definitely in the United States. And the fact that inflation is not keeping up or people's salaries are not keeping up with the rising prices. And a lot of the rising prices are because of pandemic and but for other reasons too. And it occurred to me that we don't make we I say this generally, and it is a bit of a, a blanket statement, but bear with me. <laughs> we don't make um, a regular habit of reviewing and raising our rates. Mm -hmm. And I did that recently with a client who I realized I should have raised my rates with them a long time ago. And I just put it off and forgot about it and let it go. And then I looked at it and I said, what am I doing? I've got to raise my rates. Like mm -hmm. every other profession, you would be raising your rates by now, maybe twice yeah. in the amount of time that I waited. And I think we need to do that. We need to put a calendar reminder on our, wherever you keep your calendar, written or digital, put a reminder for yourself on your calendar and say, let me take an inventory of my rates. Maybe when you do like a business retreat or something like that. Yeah. And just take a look at how things are going and not just your rates, but various things in your business and say, is it time to make a change? Mm. And who do I need to raise my rates with? And is it possible to do that? And it was something that I had put off for so long that I almost hemmed and hawed over it just to actually make the change and let the client know that my rates were going up. Yeah. And then when I did it and they accepted the change, I was like, why didn't I do this earlier? <laughs> of course. <laughs> it was so silly. Right. But yeah. it's something that I think we need to make a habit of. And that yeah. is reassessing our rates, because as like I was reminded by this podcast episode, um, it was high time that I probably did that. And, you know, people who work in regular jobs for employers, they tend to get raises from time to time exactly. we should be giving like ourselves a, a raise yeah yeah we have to keep up with this you know the rate of inflation and mm -hmm. so forth who's going to do it for us you yep. know so that was a long-winded way of saying review your rates and raise them <laughs> that's a, that's a great yeah. tip yeah 
Okay, so that's it for this episode. We'd love to hear from you if you have any smart habits to, for diversifying your freelance business. Uh, you can leave a comment on the show notes page for this episode, which you can find on our website, or you can tag us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Or you can email us at hello at smarthabitsfortranslators.com. Yes, I can't wait to hear from all of you about the ways in which you're diversifying your business and some smart habits that work for you. Next week, our email subscribers will get a summary of this episode, including the links to all the resources that we mentioned today. So if you're not receiving our emails yet, please sign up on our website, smarthabitsfortranslators.com. And if you liked this episode, there are a couple of simple ways you can show your support. Please share it with your colleagues and friends and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This only takes a minute and we've recorded a quick video tutorial to show you how to do it. We'll link to that in the show notes. Talk to you soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode and discovered some simple strategies that you can apply today at work or at home to help you achieve the lifestyle you desire. If you did, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a topic you want us to cover, please send us a message at hello at smarthabitsfortranslators.com. If you like this episode, we'd appreciate if you'd leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And please share the podcast with other translators you know. 